the hardest and gladdest thing in all the world is to cry out, Father. It is the hardest and gladdest thing. It is the hardest thing. It is the gladdest thing to cry out, Father, from a full heart. The refusal to look up to God as Father is the central wrong in the whole human affair, George MacDonald says. And the inability is the central misery. I have a sense that a lot of men are very stuck because of this central misery, the inability to look to God as Father. And what I want us to remember as brothers is it's the enemy's primary strategy in our life, whatever he is up to. You see, there's a corporate strategy over our age, our age in the world, and then there's a personal strategy. And at the seat of that strategy is a personal campaign to assault the place of sonship in our life. When the son is ready, the father appears. And the scriptures say, I will be your father as you choose to be my son. That's what the scriptures say, and that's what they invite us into. And so I want us to risk not going with simply what we feel, but what we choose to believe is true. Because you see, courage never feels like courage. Courage never feels like courage. And so what the Father's asking of you this morning is to choose courage, to believe in the places that have yet to receive the Father's love, that He is a good Father, that we have learned Him wrong, but our true Father is very different than we've come to believe. Welcome to Become Good Soil. I'm your host, Morgan Snyder, a podcast for men choosing a decade of excavation. There are words in the scriptures that may be more significant, but in more than 20 years of my life of searching, I haven't found them quick. This word found me in a moment when I was ragged and pining for death under the weight of shame. It would have been shame enough if it was my own bank account that I'd squandered on the follies that I don't even remember. But I blew the whole thing, everything coming to me from my father's estate, half of everything that he had himself inherited and worked a lifetime to multiply. I cashed it all in when I had my chance setting out to make life work on my own terms, leaving my father behind to be the laughingstock of our community. And all I had to show for it was this tattoo, an empty stomach, and a shattered heart. It was early in the morning this day when everything changed. It was a crisp frost of autumn that glistened on the wooden post in the still morning air. My body ached from head to toe with cold under the threadbare wool tunic that I had used again for a blanket. I lifted my head from the dung-filled thatch that had become my bed, and I looked at the pigs surrounding me, rooting aimlessly without care or concern through yesterday's scraps. What have I done? I thought. But it went deeper. Who have I become? Shame and grief and sorrow washed over me as my consciousness slowly awakened with the beckoning of a new day. The stench of death enveloped me as a stain of light began to spread across the horizon. I simply wanted to die. It was the only way out of this pain. The words trickled in my mind like the seep from the broken well. Tired, alone, broken, empty, 
ashamed, and in need. Suddenly, the dawn broke free and a spill of fresh light caused the frost on these heaps of dung to shimmer. It was a way that I could only describe as beautiful. I pressed my hands into the cold earth. I shimmied over the splintered wall of the sty and I rubbed my fingers together. I blew warm breath on my cracked skin. And my thoughts drifted away to my father's servants. It had been a long time since I thought of them or anything of my former life. In the cold of the morning, I thought of their warm bunkhouse. In the stench of the pen, I thought of the meals that they'd have today, so different from sifting through these scraps for a shred of nourishment that I could wrestle from these insistent snouts. There's a flickering of light within me that I hadn't felt in years. Something in my heart began to rise. The father's servants live better than I. What if I go back? What if I plead for mercy? I'll ask if I could become a servant, a slave even. At least I'd be warm. Well, the walk through the rugged country was a full day's journey. I can recall little from those hours. I had deadened most of my senses. My heart had learned to want for little and look for even less. But what I do remember until this very day was the glow of the light behind him when I crested the rise in his silhouette. The light from the cabin was so warm and so inviting. In the silhouette, it was unmistakable. I knew the stature of those broad shoulders anywhere. It was him. What would I say? It had been years since I left my half of everything. So many moons since I had turned my back on him and this story. And it all happened so fast. What I remembered first is that one word. It reached in my heart like a fiery coal. It pierced the deepest place. I've never been the same since. Quick! Quick! It echoed through the box canyon that had sheltered my family for generations. The reverberations against the cliff walls caused it to sink deeper and deeper into my soul. He shouted back over his shoulder as he ran, calling for the fattened calf to be slaughtered and a feast to be prepared. The next moments were just a blur. I hadn't seen my dad run for nearly two decades. He was well advanced in years, and much of his strength had long since left him. Our land is an unforgiving land. Its harshness has a way of taking the best strength from a man. And grief, as well, had drained his vigor. The grief of a son who had wandered far away. But he ran with wild abandon, he ran. His sandaled feet flailed. His wild hair was longer than I remembered. The glow from behind him set it alight like a shimmering mane. His robe sailed on the wind. He was strong, he was alive, and he was running right at me. I remembered those arms and the smell and the tears. And more than anything, It was his laughter. All my words left me, and my confusion was replaced with something that I can only call home. He pulled me up as if I were young again, and still to this day, I cannot explain how he did it. But he did, like a man full of strength of his youth, neither tired nor weary. He held me, and he laughed. The laughter and the tears washed me clean in a way that I never knew was even possible. Quick, he called back again to the cabin, find my tambourine, prepare a feast. My son has come home. 
It was the way he said son that finally broke open a vault of fear and shame at the core of my being. It'd been years since someone had called me son. And never before had I felt the safety and the wealth laden in this name, in my name. I am still a son? I never imagined that possibility. Not after what I'd done. Not after where I'd gone. Not after who I'd become. But the word quick still hung on the canyon wall, shattering every possible doubt. Words began tumbling out of my mouth. I'm embarrassed to even think of them now. Looking back, they were the last vestiges of shame bubbling out simply as desperation. I was asking him if he'd take me back as a servant after what I'd done and who I'd become. Even to ask for this felt preposterous. I watched his face, and I won't ever forget those eyes. They were piercing blue. They were endless oceans and bottomless seas. They were brilliant and safe. And they were the answer to the question so deep inside of me I didn't even know to ask. His words were few. His laughter and his tears are what I remember most. He set me down and hastily stooped to the red, dry earth, and I thought he was finally showing the reality of his years collapsing with exertion. And then I realized he was taking off his sandals. And before I could even understand, he was putting them on my tired, bloody feet, Bewilderment and awe seized me. Before my mind could make sense of it all, I felt this strong, these weathered hands holding mine. I felt this warm metal as he slid his signet ring on my finger, and his smell was intoxicating as his robe came over my shoulders. His laughter and his tears haunt me to this day. They haunt me every day. Never before and never since have I received and witnessed something so raw and so real. He yelled with the strength of an exultant warrior and with the joy of an unbroken heart. I don't know if it was the glow of the countless stars on the moonlight, night, or his words that seemed to light up the canyon in a way that I had never seen before or since in our land. My son was lost, and he is found. He was dead, and he's alive. He's alive. He's alive. It happened many years ago, but my heart remembers it like it was yesterday. And there isn't a sunrise that goes by that I don't find my memory back, stretching back to the canyon, stretching back to watching my dad run towards me again, running wild, young, and free. I was dead, and I came back to life that day. In those arms, Through those tears and in that laughter, I became my father's son. I came home and everything changed. Everything. Father, you're a good, good father. Therefore, I shall not be in want. I lack nothing in you. You make me lie down in green pastures, You lead me beside still waters. You're a good father who restores my soul. You guide me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of your name and your kingdom. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I choose to fear no evil. I proclaim that you are with me, Father. 
your strong rod and your tender staff, you comfort me. You prepare a table before us, before me in the presence of my enemies, a feast. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And I declare that goodness and love will chase after me all the days of my life. And so today, in this present moment, in this moment, in this day, I choose to live in your heart, in your life, in your supernatural provision. Come, Spirit of God. I am your son. Be my father. Amen. If you enjoyed this and would like more podcasts and blogs and other resources to take this decade of excavation and go deeper, join us at becomegoodsoil.com.